Hey, hey, this is Soma79 with a special announcement. My new Mega Mix is up. My MSD Mega Mix Oxidation Moons Day is now available. Go to www.soma79.com slash doom to check it out. It's a 30-minute mix that I did of MF Doom raps over my own beats. I really enjoy it. I hope you really enjoy it. So check it out. Tell a friend. Peace. Hey, welcome to the Articulate Ox Podcast. I'm your host, Soma79. Thank you so, so, so much for joining me today. Uh, this is a great episode. My guest is one of the founders of Ghetto House Music, Juke Music, Booty House Music, whatever you want to call it, from the south side of Chicago, DJ Sluggo. This dude is one of a kind in his music. You got to check it out. If you don't know about Ghetto House Music, it's very high energy, a little on the raunchy side, but super fun and just a really great energy and fun to dance to, fun to work out to. So check it out. Um, he has some big accolades with people he's worked with and um, shout out some Daft Punk and uh, remixes with Nina Kravitz. I mean, it's this dude's a legend and it was such an honor to talk to him. So check it out. Check out the interview. Um, yeah, have a good one. Peace. Meet Anne with wings clips, quick to flip manuscripts. Cause her man went from damaged kid to damn he's rich. But she still can't stand the way he manages to never put nickels in the can for the cancer kid. Hey, hey, welcome to the newest episode of the Articulate Ox Podcast. This is a very special episode. I am your host, Soma79. I'm already jumping the gun and interrupting on uh, introducing my guest. Uh, one of the the pioneers and the founders of Ghetto House Music from the South Side of Chicago, DJ Sluggo. How you doing today, Sluggo? Man, I'm good, man. Thank you. Thank you for the good intro, too, man. I'm good. How, you, how about yourself? I'm doing fantastic, man. So it's funny. I, I've known who you are for a long time for kind of a weird reason, because I'm like, you can probably look at me and know what type of like indie rap nerd I am. But I've been a big <laughs> fan of um of Atmosphere in the lead ringer rapper is slug and i was obsessed with him years ago so every time i'd be looking yeah, at slug, yeah. slug guy would come up and i was like who's this dude so i remember you being on my <laughs> radar for a while i was like this isn't slug uh, but this is dope man. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you i appreciate it yeah man so um let's talk a little bit let's just set the seed a little bit about what ghetto house music is um you know i my my roots in electronic music and hip-hop music go back a long way but this is the type of music that i always kind of knew about but didn't really know what the name was so you want to talk a little bit about the origin and set the scene a little bit for um how this got going in the early 90s well it, it came from uh it actually came from chicago house music um but in the era when we were growing when we were coming up and growing up uh, the the house music got kind of like too slow for us, so we were like hood guys uh, hanging in the neighborhood, hanging under the buildings. You know, it was kind of ratchet for us. That's what, that's what you can you know kind of ratchet for us. And the music just didn't fit the lifestyle we were all living. So you know you know we got a few suggestions from people. It was like, well, if you don't like it, change it. You know, so uh, we start making you know stuff in our bedrooms and making our own versions of certain tracks and then people start calling it hood music like that's ghetto man like that's that's hood they used to call it first they started calling it booty music and of course you can't say that everywhere 
So uh, people's like, nah, that's from they they from the hood. They they make that ghetto music. You know what I'm saying? Like that ghetto, that hood music. So we just started calling it ghetto. It was house music, but it was from the ghetto. So we just ghetto house. You know what I mean? So you know, and they it, it, we literally made the record strictly for the hood. We never expected the records to go outside of the hood. You know, and when we started seeing that it was going to all these other countries and things of that nature, we was like, wait, wait a minute, hold on, you know. And uh, this was before the internet. Yeah, and so, it's like you almost have uh, to wonder because some of the some of the lyrics are so sexually split. Do these people even know what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, a lot, a lot of people. To, yeah, yeah, it, it speaks. To, it speaks to this was all of the stuff we were saying in the hood. A lot of the slogans are stuff we were walking around the hood saying to women, women saying to men. The chance back and forth with stuff being said at the party. We do it on the mic. The girls would say we'd do it on the mic. The guys would say it, and we just turned it into records. You know what I mean? So it was it was one of those, man, I should put a beat behind that, put a beat behind it. Now, you know, it, it works better in the party, so we were making records to make them work better in the party. But when people start saying, hey, you know, uh, your record's in Germany, your record's in London, and I'm, yeah. So we would, you know, Ray started telling us that from Dance Mania. You know, like, hey, you just sold so many copies in London. And for us, it was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, but even with the Daft Punk guys, like yeah. when we met those guys, it was like, they we were like looking like, they who? And they was like, man, these guys are like super big overseas. We was like, all right, but yeah, but we in Chicago though. You know what I mean? So, and we wasn't these here These guys are in the moon. You know <laughs> yeah, so it was like, I don't, you know, and then, you know, I walked in um, Gramophone Records one day and, uh, they were like, hey, you heard the teacher's record? And I was like, nah, what's yeah. that? You know, they, what's that? You know, they was like, no, they mentioned you on the teacher's record. They mentioned you, Dion and Milton. I'm like, all right, cool. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it, that, we made music for the hood, man. It was never really made for where it's at now. But it, I think it went so far because it was different. Yeah, It was different. It was raunchy. We said stuff that people were afraid to say. We didn't care, you know what I mean, and still don't, you know what I'm saying? So it was one of those things where, you know, it was just, uh, you know, good music made from the heart, from the for the hood, from guys that's from the hood. That's that's why they called it a ghetto house. It's funny, you know, as so. I was driving around listening to um, uh, Wouldn't You Like to Be a Ho the other day, <laughs> I was thinking about this conversation I had with my grandmother years ago about swears <laughs> in general. And so stick with me. So like, I remember explaining to her, I'm like, look, you don't like swears. You don't like the word fuck, whatever. Like the more, like if you hear that word enough, it loses all of its power. So it's like, you're only giving it its power. And it's funny with, with that, with a song like that, it hits you in the beginning with just, you know, just the the, the hook and you, you, you suck it all right. in. But every time you hear it, it's mixed up a little bit. And by the end, it's reduced. It's like um, destructured down to just sounds. And it's like the right. impact of these words are, it's no longer about the words. Because so much of words are about right. context and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's brilliant. And it, it's just, it was, I was just like, I was just loving that. Cause I was like dancing around my kitchen, listening to this stuff. And I was like, should I feel embarrassed? I'm like, no, fuck, man. Like, I listened to two live crew on the bus when I was like 11. <laughs> yeah. 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 Luke, Luke, Luke's actually one of my favorite people. I'm like sure. <laughs> I, I, I got a chance to see him in concert a couple of times. Like this guy doesn't give a fuck. And I love it. it. 
Yeah, so Luke Luke is actually too, one man. of my favorite. He fought for a lot yeah. of us. Like he fought for yeah, a lot yeah, of he, freedoms, man. Hey, I, I love that, bro. Yeah, I, I if you look on my website, I got you know I got a, actually got a chance to meet him and kick it with him and talk to him, and it was one of the best days because I was like, man, you like, I was like, I don't even really have a lot of heroes, man, but you like yeah. one of my heroes, bro. Like you you know you you say what you want to say, you put music to it. And, and 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 now the world loves you for it. So you take them risks. So even on my records, I'll be like, I'll think sometimes and be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Either it's going to work or it's not going to work. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't, I, I actually don't give a fuck what I say on record no more. I you know what I'm saying? It's like. I think, too, that in some degrees, there has to be like a sacred space. Like they talk about the comedy clubs being like a sacred space. I mean, as long as you're not Kramer up there from Seinfeld screaming the N-word. I mean, that's sort of like a little right. it. Right. But like to most degrees, it's like you're there. Like it's like a, ba- like a hip hop battle or like a roast or something. It's like just let it rip. It's like it's it's someone's going to try to take shit out of context when they want at some point. And it's like just just let it just let it be. Just let it be. It's entertainment. Right. It's dancing. Yeah, so, I agree. Let me ask you this: so, um, along the lines of like the two live crew, what, what, where did your your sound really come from? Because when I listen to it, and I think early '90s, you know, what's um, what's going on in music then? It's like that's the age of like you know grunge. It's the age of like Dr. Dre. And are you right. pulling more from like a Kraftwerk '80s like P Funk type? I mean, obviously that doesn't sound like P Funk, but where are you it getting was... like that drum inspiration from? So for me. Uh, my family is very, you know, my grandmother, my mother, my aunts, all them, my uncles, they were all music orientated. Like I, I heard funk, soul, gospel all my life. You know what I mean? So with the, for me, I always was fascinated with the drums in records. It, that's what always drove me. Like I hear the words, no, we're cool. But I, like I might be sitting in the car listening to a record with my uncle be like, Man, he used to look at me crazy because he's like, hey, them Congos, funky in there. Like, he used to be like, what? No, listen. Listen to the Congos in there. Like, you don't hear them in the background. I'm like, that's what's driving the record. And he'd be like, yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. And then he'd turn it up. Like, shut your ass up. Nobody went to about them fucking Congos. You know what I'm saying? So, so the Congo, you know, just drums. If you listen yeah. to my drums, like, I... Before I even drop any, even if I have an idea in my head, my main goal is I'm gonna do these drums first, and when I get through with these drums, then I'll do the do do whatever verses or hook I'm gonna do. Then I'll go back and 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 touch it up again to make the beat kind of match, you know what I'm saying? The yeah, words I said because together. sometimes the drums don't go with the words, but drums drums have always been. So I really I for me I think it's natural. Like, uh, like where I'm, like my African roots. I think that's what it is. Like, I don't know, dr- Congos, Toms, uh, especially the eight, like the 808, just does something for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll drop an 808 in the record where people saying that do not go there. You know what I'm saying? But I'm gonna make that motherfucker fit. You know what I'm saying? So they hit a 909, and then out of nowhere. I'll drop a crazy-ass kick, and they be like, whoa. So especially when I got the chance to do my first raid, I played a few of the records, and I saw that when the bass dropped, when when the kick came in, even though some of the records was distorted, 
nobody gave a fuck. It was like, yeah. <clears throat> they just going crazy to the bass. And I'm like, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't hear the fucking vocals anymore. You know what I'm saying? Cause the bass is rumbling so hard, but I, I know, I learned that people didn't care. All they cared about was that rumbling, that bass, yeah. you know, no, nobody cared that you couldn't hear the vocals anymore. And that, when I just was, uh, in, in, um, Poland and Amsterdam, one of the guys had a conversation with me at dinner and was like, y'all should stop trying to mix and master those records. And I was like, what you mean? He was like, the records y'all did in the 90s are better than the records y'all do now because the shit was coming straight from your drum machine. So we liked it, that nasty bass. We liked it, the toms over the bass, and it was crashing and fighting each other. That was, That's what Ghetto House was. And it, it was like, you guys are trying to clean up the bass and clean up the toms now that you want to go to the studio and y'all want to mix and master everything. And I was like, damn, nobody's ever said that to me. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I, okay, I get it. So all of 2023, I was like, fuck a studio. That shit's coming straight out of my, straight out of my computer, straight on the wax or straight digital. I, I, I'm going to mix the best I can. If the bass is crashed with the toms, so be it, you know? And, um, it, it's it's wor- it's like I'm just going back to the old roots, yeah. you know. And uh, he said you you should find the microphone you had in '95. And I was like, it was a handheld. I still got it. Yeah. He was like, use it. He was like, use it. Fuck all the bottle mics and all that extra shit. Use yeah. the handheld just on a few tracks, and then you tell me what happened. I was like, okay, all right, I'm gonna do that. Yeah. So yeah. So that's, what that's, was that's, your what was your recording process back like back then? Because I remember I was growing up listening to like Beastie Boys and NWA and like Jazz Jeffers. People people never believed my recording process. My first recording process was the R seventy. I had a Gemini. I didn't even have a sampler. I had a Gemini four pad bank mixer with the start and stop button, and I end up finding out that you can get two to three seconds out of each pad bank. So, wouldn't you like to be a, well, no, nah, not wouldn't you like to be a hoe to, uh, wet a rat, um, uh, that passed the blunt, uh, a blunt, that was made with that, like, uh, I didn't, I didn't get a little bit more, uh, what I say, equipment savvy until somebody introduced me to the Kai SO1. I still had my R7, then they introduced me to the Kai SO1. Then from the Kai S01, I went to the MPC with the Kai S01. But I didn't, you know, uh, actually, that Dion, when he say, it's working, if you listen to that record, it's working has nothing to do with the record. He was saying the Kai S01 was working because we couldn't oh, figure it out. I love silly. Like you know that. what I'm saying? So it, it was crazy. We're like we, we, Then, you know, me, Dion, and Milton would always trade recording secrets. Like, hey, I figured out, like, I figured out, I called uh, Middle one day and was like, hey, I figured out how to make the Kai SO1 sync up with the R70. Where you, when you put the uh, samples in there, it loops and syncs yeah. up. They was like, get the fuck out of you lying. I'm like, I know how to make the Kai SO1 MIDI to the R70. And we had the bottom four pads, and the bottom four pads would be our samples, and that's how we did it. And then I ended up buying these things called the DR8s and DR16s. And from there, it was like, shit, I, I went and bought me a 16-track boy. It, it upgraded as the more we went, the more we upgraded. But the sound was still crazy. Like, we, 
We didn't go to no recording studios. It wasn't that shit was in our front rooms, bedrooms. Uh, uh, sometimes we'd be we had rooms at the park districts and shit like that that they let us use, but it wasn't no recording studio. That shit came later on. Really, I I feel like we kind of like got like a little bit too out of control, you know, trying to be, you know, trying to do what we saw everybody else doing, right. yeah, recording wise, you know. And we didn't understand that what the, the recording style that we had and the thing that we were doing was unique. Yeah. We didn't understand that. We wanted it. exactly. So I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm never going back to a studio to to sequence or yeah. none of that shit. I actually got rid of my MPC, uh, uh, and and I, I use this uh, program called Logic now. It's like uh, it's like an MPC. I was looking at Logic crack. this week. Yep. I actually, oh, I, oh my that's god. That's actually funny. Logic. That leads me into so a question I was going to ask you. So this is the drum machine that I have been using, and I don't use it. I've been using it that much. This is the only. This is the drum machine I've had for years. I don't know if you've ever seen one oh, of these. So this was. Uh-uh. I got this maybe twenty years ago. It's like a. It's a Boss SP five hundred five Groove Station. It's fun. It's fun. Oh yeah, yeah. Good for playing yeah. live and stuff. But yeah, I just last week replaced it with this bad boy, the new Machine Plus. The machine. You know what? I tried Machine. I just. I tried machine. I tried Ableton. I, I just couldn't. I, it, it just didn't work for me. Yeah. Then somebody showed me. They was like, you know what? Somebody like you. Let me show you Logic. They showed me Logic, and I was like, this this works for me. Yeah. I'm hoping you know, to so integrate a- this Ableton, with Logic. That's the yeah. Ableton had me. Ableton reminded me of uh, what's the program where you got to move all of the wires and. Oh yeah, well, I can picture. I have, I have different plugins that are like that, but yeah, it's like trying to mimic what it was like back in the day. Yeah, uh, yeah, I hate you. Got to move the. Yeah, it's the a too much whimsy like, for me. Yeah, I, I was like, "What is this?" And the, and the engineer was like, "This is a patch bay." Like, I don't need no motherfucking. Patch. I don't want nothing that makes me go eight steps to get to one beat. It just yeah. don't make. I need some shit to go quick. Like, I be want to make beats in five or ten minutes. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I, 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 Logic. I'm, I'm so fascinated with Logic now. Um, I, I don't see me leaving that no time soon. This is, no one of, right, this is one of my favorite questions to ask fellow producers. When you get a new piece of equipment, do you read the manual or are you just like fuck it, just go for it? Okay, so in the be- in the beginning, uh, like from '95, I was with Traxter for about seven years, eight years. So Traxter, uh, this is how I got good with the MPC and every other PC equipment I ever got. I was one of those people that would get that motherfucker, take it out the box and just start fucking with it. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, hey, bro, he always used to say, if you want to learn how to work with a machine, then read the people that made it. That's the only, and then sit with it on your lap in your in your bedroom with the book yeah. and with it on your lap and some headphones and figure it out from there. So when we used to come to the studio, he wouldn't let us touch no equipment that we didn't know how to operate. Yeah. So it was like, read the manual. And the manuals used to be so thick. I'm like, yeah. man, I'm not going to read that whole book, man, just to learn how to work this drum. He was like, I promise you, if you read this book and learn, you're going to learn how to work this drum machine better than anybody in your, in, in your genre of music because yeah. nobody else is going to read the book either. 
it's so an that, ounce that's of probation is worth a pound of cure because you're like, if I just suck exactly. it up for a couple of weeks, I won't be six exactly. months from now figuring like not be able to do a basic thing. Yeah, know? we and then we didn't have the luxury of YouTube and right. And now we had bad. none of that. Following along on the videos yeah. for me is the perfect. Way. Yeah, we we had none of that. Like I remember, I remember back in the days going to sit in the Apple Store trying to figure out how to work a Mac, just sitting there with everybody and like, man, this is my attention span is like terrible. And I used to be sitting there bored, sitting there with a man some chips and a the, the soda and be like, this shit ain't going to help me. But it did. It actually yeah. taught me everything about Macs, taught me how to work a Mac and hook the equipment up to a Mac. And I was like, you know what, from here on, I'm going to these seminars. I'm going to watch video footage. I'm going to read the book and everything. You know what I'm saying? And it's still like that to this day. Every producer or engineer I know, a lot of them won't read. They won't pick up the book at all, especially when the manual was any thicker than this. They throwing that shit. They, the first thing when you open most boxes, the manual was the first thing there. Yeah. They toss that motherfucker to the side, open yeah. it up, and plug it up. Crazy. Just get the fucking with it. I'll be like, nah, bro, you got to read that manual. Like, nah, man, I had one of these before. I'll be like, nah, you ain't had it. You lying. <laughs> or they'll say, or they'll say, uh, you know, Johnny got one. I'm finna call his ass. Like, nah, he don't even know everything about it. Like, you know, so, you know, I, I used to it's, always say I at least want to learn the basics me too. from the people who made the machine. If I can learn the basics, then I I used to always say if it breaks or if it locks up, I'm just take it back to where I got it from and say, well, y'all need to unlock this motherfucker or give me a new one. You know what yeah. I mean? So, you know, I, um, I I read the manuals now. You know, I, I read the manuals and, and try to figure it out. Or I sit and watch YouTube videos faithfully. Put my headphones on yeah. and just sit and watch. You know, it's like... If you got a teacher, that I like, that that was one of my mistakes in music in high school. I didn't listen to my music teacher because I didn't think I was going to ever need music. Yeah. I, music wasn't my thing in high school. You know what I mean? It was like, eh, so I don't need nothing. Well, well I'm going to need to learn how to play a piano for. And now, right. now, you know, when I went to the classroom, I, I had to tell my music teacher, like, I really want to apologize. You know what I mean? Like, I wasted four years where you could have taught me how to play. Right. And, and, that and was I'd the time, be so dope like, at playing. Can you imagine being able to go to that back in your time in your life when your brain was that malleable Ooh. too? Because it's like, it's like, Ooh, it was just such a sponge. It's like, I remember if every I shitty get, thing. If I, I could just get them, just them four years yeah. of high school with band, if I could just get them four years and learn sheet music and learn how to yes. play, I'll take that four. You know what I mean? I'll take huge. those four. Yeah, and that's what yeah. a lot of people that want to be producers resist doing for so long is actually buckling yeah. down and le learning about music. And like, yeah. I was talking yeah, to someone I worked with in here these years, like, I use keys now. I'm like, well, you've always been using keys. You're just now conscious of what keys you're using. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I'm like, so. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah I'm, I'm learning chords now. I'm learning how to, to do progressions on chords. Like, but I'm saying I had this shit for free. But I had yeah, this shit for free and, and, and just fumble the bag so yeah. you know i i don't i mean i don't i don't look back and regret it. i just be like ah yeah. that's that's a part of my life I, so I how did you so how did you go from there to really being serious about if, if you're in high school and weren't really serious about music i mean it couldn't have been that much long after high school that you got into it yeah i i, I wasn't serious okay so grammar school Music was always something, you know, of course, beating on the tables with pencils yeah, like and things coffee like that. Coffee can and we, like yeah, on yeah, it, like ta ta ti ti ta. Like, yeah. I was always into music, but it's like I ended up playing one of my high school parties because the DJ didn't show. 
That's was always a story. My, <laughs> yeah, my cousin was teaching me how to DJ. So my cousin, um, he was super popular in the neighborhood for DJing. And, you know, I used to be looking like, man, everybody flocking to him. And the girls and stuff flocking to him. And I used to be looking like, and, you know, my cousin was not a hood dude. He's just, you know, a DJ. And I was like, well, why is he so popular? All he do is spin records. You know, and I was just like, man, you should show me that. You should show me how to do that. Right? I want to learn how to do that. So he started teaching me, like teaching me how to DJ. So, and, and like my first freshman and sophomore year, Nobody even in the school even knew I knew how to DJ. So toward the end of my sophomore year, we finna have a dance and the DJ canceled. And my best friend was like, you should tell him. You should tell him you know how to DJ. I'm like, nah, man, I don't. I ain't got no equipment for no school dance. And we, he was like, no, we can just borrow your cousin stuff. And I was like, uh. Let me see. So I asked him, like, hey, if I do a school dance, you let me use your stuff? He's like, hey, they finna give, let you do the school dance? I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to just tell him I could do it. And he, he's like, yeah, if you can get the gig, I, I got you. And I was like, for real? I, they end up, then when they paid me, I said, hold on, hold on, That's, hold on. Isn't that weird feeling? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. When they paid me, I was like, wait, wait, slow down. So, you know, back then, you know, those little couple of hundred was a lot of money back then. I was like, wait a minute, hold on. Yeah. I can get paid doing it. Used to this, yeah. Yeah, wait a minute, hold on. So this this type of stuff, just spinning records, and you hey, hey, <laughs> I'm like, say less. I'm on. I'm on this from here on. I'm looking like, nah. I'm I'm finna do music, you know. And I told my cousin, listen, I'm finna find. Actually, him and his crew was the reason I went and bought all my own equipment. They uh they had a party. We had this thing out here called the playground. Uh that was in between all of the buildings that we lived in. And they used to bring the equipment out like once a week, once, once every weekend. And I'm looking like, okay, I can DJ now. Everybody know I can DJ. I go over there like, Hey, let me, let me, let me get like 15 minutes. So I can show everybody what I can do. And they was like, nah, we ain't got no time slot for you, bro. I was like, what? You know what I mean? Y'all ain't going to let me get on. I was like, okay. I got mad. I got real angry and said, I went and got a pen and a pad and just wrote down every piece of equipment they had, right? Now, they didn't know I had been saving my money and everything. And I went I and bought this. everything they had and said, they ain't DJing down here no more. I'm going to be a competition. So I, I told my cousin, I said, since y'all didn't help me, I'm going to become y'all competition. And they was looking like, yeah, okay. And then they looked up about a year later, I was the man. <laughs> it was like, State Street is mine. Y'all can stay from down here. I'm doing all the parties down here. They're right so there. That was it. That's a lesson in how to deal with frustrate with interpersonal frustration. Because it's like oh, I, yeah. I can oh, I yeah. would be the exact same way. Because it's like even like Michael yeah. Jordan talks about making the making the enemy out of the guy that's not really your enemy, oh, and yeah. it just becomes yeah. a motivator. I am that person. Yeah, it drives you. It definitely yeah. drives you. Because that definitely drove me to say, I need to be better than all of them. If I'm gonna go up against them, I I used to practice every day. I used to be like, I need to be better than all of them. Because at some point, I thought one of them was going to challenge me. So I'm looking like, yeah, I need to know how to scratch. I need to know how to do all that. Because I, I, I see them scratching and stuff. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I need to know how to do all that. And then I'm going to just come out of bag on them. And I was all, I never got the, comp- the competitive part from them. They never challenged me. But I was ready. I was like, yeah. I want one of them to say something. I want to. I want about not to. I want about <laughs> Yeah. I was like, I want about it. I want one of them to say something because I want to I definitely shut them down. 
But, you know, they embraced it and was like, man, we happy for you and you're doing your thing. Especially now, like when they see me traveling, things like that, when they see me, they be like, boy, we didn't know you was going to take it to this level. Like, you know, especially my cousin, he he's so proud of me. You know what I mean? He just be like, because you took that little thing I gave you and you just gone with it. And I'm like, yeah, man, like. Yeah. I really I love music. That. I love DJing. You know what I mean? So, if, like I tell people all the time, if I could do it for free and my bills are paid, I do. Right. I I go to these different countries and DJ and all that for free. You know, that's how much yeah. I love the atmosphere, the music, things yeah. like that. You know what I'm saying? Well, as they say, I'm they pay you to me. get there. The work's for free. They pay you to get there and to fly exactly. and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. That there, like, I definitely would do it for free. If if if, if all my bills would just be paid for the year, I, I just would go have fun. That's my party. That's people yeah. be looking at me like, you don't really go out, you don't go to parties. I'm like, no, yes I do. Yeah. <laughs> yes I do. I'm mentally in a party when I'm making beats. I'm there. Like I'm you have no clue where I'm be I'm there. I'm mentally somewhere else. You know what I mean? So yeah, I party in my head a lot. Is your so when you travel all around the world, you mentioned places like Amsterdam. I've had the pleasure to go over there and have have some good times yeah. in my life. And like real nice it, over there. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. I recommend it. Um, <laughs> and like uh, and then other parts of the country. Are you Is there? Do you find that the audiences are drastically different? Are you seeing like similar faces and in, in like walks of life in all these different places? Or are you you showing up in a new place and it could be anybody that's showing up at the shows? You know what? It, it's for me. It's I wouldn't say I see the same faces, but I I I, I feel the same vibe. Mm-hmm. Like all of the different countries, they all I feel like they're all music lovers, and that's that's what I love about Rave. Like ninety percent of the people in the place just love music. Yeah. And then some of them have their particular uh, uh, genre of music that they love, but the majority of them just. They want to hear good records, you know what I mean? And when they hear a good record, they let you know that that's a good record. So I, I like the vibes. It's like, you know, I I, I like I tell people all the time, but every time somebody call me and, and want to book me, I try to figure it out. Like, I want to be on the plane every opportunity I can, going somewhere, play some records, and, 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 and let them hear, hey, I want to hear these two records I made the other day, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I, like... And just uh, I get the same vibe from these people in different countries. It drives me because I make a record with certain drum patterns, and I say, "Ooh, when they hear that part right there," and then to actually see people react to that particular yes, part, part in the record, it'd be like, "Hey, that's." It'd be like, "Text Sierra, tell him on a call." So it it be like, can you still see me? Okay, yep, I'm sorry. I see. Yeah, no worries. So yeah, I, it, that that's the vibe for me. Like, but the people are basically almost the same. Just all music lovers, just music lovers. When I look out into them crowds, I just see people just in their zones. Everybody having a ball, you know. And that that that's that's it for me. Like to be able to, uh, uh, I'm a kid from the projects. You know what I mean? So to be able to come from the projects, come from nothing be able to play in front of all these people and then everybody's vibing to a record that you made, yeah. like, you can't, you can't make that story up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... They came to hear, they yeah. came to, to see, they left their house to see you, you spin a record that you played for ain't, them. It's like, that's a pretty that, good compliment. That, yeah, that's crazy. It's just, it's crazy. I, 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 and, and 
before I started traveling, I never could have imagined that ever. Like I never thought that I would be playing overseas for pools of people and they will be saying, Hey, I got your album. Can you sign it? I'm saying, yeah. Oh wow. You know, so yeah. I'm humbled. Every country I every country or city I go to, it's always some type of experience that instantly humbles me. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking like, man, this is this is extremely humbling. When I was in in Belgium, they they took care of me so well in Belgium that when I got back to my room, I kind of like broke down, like was like yeah. this is crazy. Like I, you know, I'm not a choir or none of that at all. Like I'm probably sometimes the moment is just like yeah, you know. but the the moment was so epic that when I got back to the room, it was like, man, this is. When I, especially when I opened the curtains, they had put me in this hotel that was like in the middle of. You could see all of the flags and stuff like yeah. that. And I just wow. looked out and was like, I was like, oh my god! Like the room <laughs> was crazy. I was like, I, I called my favorite aunt and was like, I gotta show you this room. Like I gotta let you see this suite that they put me in. And you know, for people to take care of you that way, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Then you know, for me. Just to be, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a black kid from the hood. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, to, to, it, it's just crazy, man. Yeah, I, yeah they don't treat, I, they don't treat me this well back home. <laughs> like, yeah, know? I'm looking like, I go in the neighborhood, they be like, yeah, what up, Joe? And yeah. be like, bro, don't you know, I just, I just left Amsterdam. <laughs> you know, so when you can, even when I tell my friends, like, yeah, I was just uh, over in, uh, they say, yeah, I think your video, you was in Poland, and then you went to Amsterdam. Yeah, all right. Hey, you want to buy me a soda? Hey. <laughs> Moving on. Bro, I just was, yeah, bro, I was just in Poland. Yeah. I was just don't in ask me about the food. Don't Poland, ask me about the women. Just, you know, just, yeah. You know, my, what can my, I do for my buddies, my, my buddies, man, they just don't be. So I start. You need someone to humble you at home, too, though. <laughs> You're humbled when yeah, you go there. It's, it's always somebody. Yeah, my, my kids humble me quickly because it's one of those. Sure. Daddy. Yeah, I'm going to show you back. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Listen, and I'll be like, I just got home. Yeah, yeah, I know. But yeah, that's yeah. cool. Uh, can we, uh, you know, then they be asking you to go. You know what really humbles when people say, hey, um, can you can we go to Walmart? <laughs> and I be looking like, who's paying? And I just came back from a whole nother country. Yeah. Like, um, I, I, my, my daughter asked me to go to Target the day after I came from Russia. Ugh. You and gotta I said, that off. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like. I'm walking through Target, and I just left Russia. Like yeah. it, 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 it's, it's just crazy. If I, I can't even like Russia. Yeah. If I go through customs, don't you don't expect anything out of me for like two days? Man, oh man, like man, I, you know what? It was like getting that stamp in that passport and walking through those those little glass things. Yeah. That does something for me. It was like I turn around and look like they're not trying to grab me. You know what I mean? So, you know, like, you know, it, it, it's just crazy. It, 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 if you knew my lifestyle and know where I came from, my walks of life, you, 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 you'd be amazed. Like, bro, like, like, I, I, you know, people don't even believe, and I'll be talking to my family, most, even my aunt, you know, who I love to death. She be looking at me like, baby boy, like you, you, boy, she, she, she'll look and she'll, she like, I'm just living vicariously through you. Cause, you just you just everywhere. And I'm looking like I'm trying to go everywhere. Yeah. I still got four or five countries on my bucket list. 
you so know, what, and, and you let's, know, let's and, put those out there because maybe someone hears this and they want to pull you out there. What country do you want to so, go to? I, I want to go to Germany. Mm-hmm. I want to do Africa. I want to play London. What was the other one? Um, London. I wanted great. to play Hawaii until all that craziness started happening over there. So I'm gonna take yeah. Hawaii off the list. Wait till wait till the Rock and Oprah fixes all that, then we can go off to. Hawaii. Yeah, I I wait till that get together, and I'm scared to go to that. Um, Germany. Um, uh, I mean London, London. London must. I I can't believe you haven't been to London. I was. I, I think they'd love yeah, you over a there. A lot of it. You and I want to play filthy, Ibiza. grimy stuff. <laughs> yeah, I want to play Ibiza bad. I oh. want to play Ibiza. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I, that's I Taylor, see some of those parties and be like, how the fuck am I not there? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I want to play Ibiza. You know, I really want to play like fifty percent of some of the big festivals. Just, just let me play once. Yeah. You know, let me let me do my raunchy thing and get out your way. You know, so. But there's yeah. an audience for yeah. that. I mean, it's like it's it's the international language of love, as they say. Yeah, 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 yeah. I tell people, I just want to play some. Just let me play. I don't want to be in nobody way. You know, you can have all your headliners and all that. Give me right before your headliners, and I'm cool. Yeah. You know, well, let, so me, let me let me let me earn mine. What makes a good? So when I was listening to a bunch of juke music this week, like. Um, I was trying to think like what 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 makes a good like ghetto house song versus like a bad one because I'm like you're you're looking at something that's very simple. A lot of times the bass is coming from the drums and the lyrics are kind of repeated, but it's obviously there's good ones and there's bad ones. So how do you know when you're really onto something? And like how do you when you hear a song that ain't quite there? What what what's the difference? Um, math is for me trial and error. Mm-hmm. So it's like. I'll make some, like, it's songs that, like, it's songs of mine right now that I thought were bad, and people be like, no, oh, we fucking love that record. I run into that too and then, fucking frustrating. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, uh, like, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, I got a record called Cheers um, that I did with my, my, uh, my daughter and my stepdaughter years ago. Mm-hmm. Never thought nothing of the record. They, they was outside doing Double Dutch, and I heard them saying it. And I called them in the house. Hey, y'all, come here for a second. Say that cheer y'all was saying. And they said, I'm like, let me record y'all. Made a little beat to it. Put it out. Didn't hear nothing about it for years. It's the number 10 slot on my Spotify right now. I never liked the record. It was never really. Like, even the record, um, um, uh, uh, Back the Fuck Up. They love that record. That record was not. One of I always felt like this ain't one of my best records to me, yeah. but it's like I don't know. A blunt wasn't even really what like people love that record. You know what I'm saying? Now freak like a freaky ride. Now that yeah. my shit. You know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> I love that. Wouldn't you like to be a hoe? Yeah, fucks with that. You know what I'm saying? But it's some of the records that they be picking. I'd be like, straight up, like okay. And I ain't gonna argue with you. Know, I ain't, Let them have it. Yeah, if you streaming it, I'm not arguing with you. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I'm saying, man, that's not my best work. You know, but, you know, sometimes, it, it, for me, it's it's never a bad record. Yeah. Like, I have. If you wouldn't release it if you're not happy now. with it, you know? Yeah, it, it, if it doesn't do anything, then I probably say, yeah, I probably didn't put a lot of work into that. But it's crazy. The records, I, it's some records I done put a lot of work into. And they, 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 they really ain't moving like I thought they was going to move. Yeah. And there's some records I put together in 15, 20 minutes. And they said, oh, that, that record right there is crazy. I'm saying, man, that shit's I, got like eight, eight drums in it and two chants. 
Like what? What the fuck? I end up like in like my day job, I end up mentoring like kids that are in their early twenties, a bunch, like just like kids we have helping out. And like one of the lessons I always tell them, like in life, you have to get used to this. There are going to be things you work your ass off that nobody notices at all. And you're going to be pissed. And there are things that you do, you trip over your own dick and like land into like a pile of cake and everybody's like, and you have to just accept it. You have to just accept that it all evens out. If you can't like, and that was a lesson that I didn't learn till I was, I wish I learned earlier, but it's a, it's a valuable lesson to learn as a young person. Yeah. That's a definitely valuable lesson. I, I'm learning that I, I've learned it. So it's like, I just, for me, I just make the music, put it out, put it out and hope for the best. You know, well, it's so also it's too, like, there's nothing pr- like there was, I was watching a documentary on like techno from the early, from like the, the late nineties. That's when I was a big rave kid watching better living through circuitry which i which i haven't watched in years and i was noticing okay. just how gatekeepery a lot of these people were everybody was almost like a lot of them were almost too good to be talking about it or wanting to talk about why they were there because they weren't someplace else but it seems like the music that you know you guys are doing is is pretty welcoming it's it's like hey is as long as you don't just come on in and have a good time and it seems like it's the opposite of that in that it's like i don't know that seems like a better way to go <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I've been some places where um some of the records have been shock value for people. I play a certain record and people be like, "Oh shit," you know yeah. what I mean? And 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 then you know, like you know after like a while, the next one. <laughs> yeah, after a while they be like, "Well, shit, if you don't like that one, you this next one's gonna be your motherfucker." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And I always tell people in the beginning, and that's uh, Funk. Funk was one of the people when he made the uh, part when he said, "If you don't like words like shit, fuck, ass," I was like, "Funk, that's perfect, bro. Yeah. Let them know in the dough what you finna play. Cause if you don't like it, you need to leave right now. Cause that's what's fuck finna happen. Yeah. You know. So, you know, I, I I DJ unapologetically. Like it's like, hey, if you don't like it, then you know more than likely there's another room to go party in." You know what I'm saying? So going there, when my hour set is over, you can come back to whoever's next. But Were there any, like, particularly know? bad gigs where you, like, accidentally got booked for, like, a nursing home or something? Or, like, any time yeah, like, it was a huge, like, mismatch when you got there and you just had to deal with it? Or... You know what I love about Ghetto House? And in, in, in my career particularly, we end up, me, Dion, and a few of our other uh, uh, people end up getting labeled as Juke DJs. People start calling us the juke DJs. Them the hood DJs. Juke. So people already knew booking us what to expect. Mm-hmm. You know, we never got the mistaken right. for a hip hop DJ or a karaoke DJ or nothing like that. They make hood shit. If you hire one of them, it's going to be cursing. Like, don't hire them for no 13 year old party because they make records and play records with a lot of profanity in them. So yeah. people knew that about us. So we never accidentally got booked for anything, uh, you know. Like I do, a, it's crazy because I do a lot of schools now, and 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 I, I barely get one or two ghetto house records in, you know, with yeah. with clean music. But it's it, it's funny that I get to play some of those schools, and I'm saying, ooh, back in the days, yeah, I remember no back in the days playing for the schools, and they had no juking signs all around the gym, like no juke, and then they would use them uh the the little ladders that they do for volleyball, yeah, to watch the kids in the crowd to keep them from grinding up against each other. Yeah, I still got the article from the Sun Times when they had no juking in the high schools on the front page. 
Yeah, that reminds me actually too. So I watched. Um, you had a really good hour long documentary about the history of uh, ghetto house music that was on your YouTube oh, yeah. channel that I watched a couple times this week. And like yeah. the one thing I wanted to kind of clarify about that, it talked a little bit about the history of radio, and that comes up a lot on my podcast with different people. And like that was one of the things that really hurt my boss and hip hop scenes. Never really had radio support, and you can definitely tell how much that makes or break audiences. There's still a lot of people who still listen to radio. So how, especially with the explicit nature. Of, of ghetto house music how did radio impact um you know you getting the word out back then or as time has gone on so so we have two uh well well power 92 wasn't uh i think we had bmx we had uh uh the college station uh um wkkc we had gci and i can't think of what the other station was it, it was actually Power 92 used to be this station. So we had two uh, P1 stations, then we had a few P2 stations, and then we had some college stations. So GCI has always been the biggest station in Chicago. So we figured, hey, if we can get a few of the, the records we made that are a little bit cleaner, because everybody was into our mix, our mixtapes was flying off the shelf. So we, me, Dion Milton had this bright idea where we're going to go up to the station and almost like, you know, demand that y'all play at least 10 minutes yeah. of one of our mixes, you know, weekly uh, on the station. Your Wu-Tang approach. <laughs> yeah, so Mike Love and it was it was these guys, Mike Love and the Diz, they had this little uh, slogan on the station where they used to do this thing called the birthday song. So we used to hear that and be like, okay, that's, 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 that's Jew. We can, we can, that's, that's the ghetto house right there. These gonna be the guys that we're gonna approach and get them to take us up to the station. So we bump into them, talk to them. They knew who we were and they be like, "Man, great idea! Y'all put some, you know, five to ten minute mixes together, and we're gonna present y'all, and we're gonna have a meeting at the station." We get there, they play. I don't even think it was three minutes of the mix, and the program director stops the mix. And they all looking weird. We <laughs> they walk us in the hallway and say, um, "I don't think we're ever going to be able to play that type of music at this station, right?" No profanity at all. Like we played every super clean record that we could. No profanity at all. And they were like, "Nah, we don't think this going to work." Here. Was it just that even with profanity, you. there was just still the implication? It was still dirty. Even yeah, it, it was like. <laughs> It was like uh, uh you, you, you can put this in the uh, dishwasher. Booty all around. It was like booty. Oh no, yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So, so, so. It was before like football and stuff. <laughs> yeah, we leave, and um, about two weeks later, Mike Love and the Diz reaches out to us and say, "We finna probably get fired, but we can no longer uh uh, uh go without giving y'all a shot up here, right?" So they came up with this thing where they was just going to do it for a quick 30 seconds to a minute. And they were having the people call in the station and say, hey, man, I just got off work. I'm pissed off at my boss. He done made me mad. I really want to knock him upside his head. Can I get a 20-second workout, please? And they'd be like, okay, you got it coming up. And they would play like 20 to 30 seconds of one-hour record. That's brilliant. It took off. Like, it took off, took off. They hit us up. 
brought us back up there maybe like three, four weeks later to the same program director. And he was like, so look, this is what we're going to need. We're going to, I'm like, I'm looking at him totally like, pretend bro. the first conversation yeah. didn't happen? Like, you, you, you remember these faces, don't you? Like, you, he was the guy who walked in the hallway and crushed our souls and told us that you wasn't yeah, going to never play. Yeah, I that. <laughs> yeah, so they, 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 Mike Love and the Diz, I never want them to not never get their credit. Mike Love and the Diz at WGCI, the biggest station in Chicago, risked their job because they knew how big this music was. They was like, nah, bro. We we finna pull it, and they was like, we probably gonna get fired for this, <laughs> and, and, and we was like, but they was like, we we gotta try send 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 us some clean music, but only twenty second clips, yeah. and I was like, all right, we got y'all, and they was like, man, and they they had everybody calling. It, I'm talking about it blew us so hard, people was mad that they couldn't get through. People be getting off work, they frustrated. People was getting out their cars, dancing all on expressways, all in the streets. When the 20 seconds got ready to play, everybody, they stopping their cars. And oh it caught on for a long time. And then right after they did the 20-second workout, about a minute or two later, they would do this, this birthday song, everybody who a birthday it is. And people was like, man, they got y'all on the radio. It was, the rest of it was history. We started selling so many mixtapes, it was like, whoo. Like, so what yeah, type of calls long. do you start getting, like, when one start starts happening, like what sort of like offers or things are presented to you? What sort of new opportunities start being start coming out of that? You, you, the, the, the Chicago really, Chicago embraced us, but the other cities loved us. If you if you can understand that. Oh like, yeah, yeah. There's definitely stuff we like that in my traveling, city too. Yeah, yeah. We started traveling to other cities. Like we got a lot of gigs in Chicago because it was like, but it was hood gigs. We didn't get the downtown, uh, you know, at the Chicago theater, things like we didn't yeah. get to play at the Bulls games and we didn't get those, we didn't get that type of love, you know what I'm saying, to play at stuff like that. But other cities would be like, oh my God, that music done got down here. We'd be in Milwaukee, we'd be in Detroit, especially Detroit. Detroit embraced us like Detroit didn't. That's one thing I would say about Detroit. Detroit was one of those cities that did not give two fucks. You know what I'm saying? Know. Like, Detroit is a tough city, bro. They don't give they radio stations or none of that. They don't give two fucks. No. We was riding down there to go do dim in two thousand nine. And we heard we heard Ghetto House and Juke on the radio station while we ride their mains. I'm like, Woo, if we could get this type of love at the crib. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Detroit was killing. Detroit, Milwaukee, Minnesota. Those places like that, they 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 embraced it like crazy. So the other cities, Indian uh, Indianapolis, they 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 were embracing us like crazy. And still to this day, you know these people they'll throw rays and they'll hey we need we need that raunchiness, we need that ghetto house, we need we need you know we need you. Yeah. So uh, it's it, it, New York, New York embraced it. Yeah, you know you know you. So it was actually for Chicago, ghetto house was the replacement, was the battle for hip-hop. So it was like hip-hop came into Chicago and started making the house music kind of like... Like what era of hip-hop was, was on, that? Uh, BDP. Uh, okay. NW, especially NWA. Yeah, like late 90s. NWA. Yeah. Late, late 80s, yeah. yeah. So those guys, that music came and changed the entire... Uh, outlook on the city because people went from penny loafers and 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 uh, flooding pans to starter jackets and Timberland. Oh yeah, 
I still have my so starter house jacket. Music, yeah, house music didn't work for that. And I no. tell people that all the time. Those people y'all had in those preppy clothes and all that, traded that in for Timberland and, 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 and starter jackets. Yeah. You know, like I, we had so many. I had a Raiders jacket. I had a Bulls jacket. Like, uh, I, I had, had a LA, what, A lot of people had L.A. jackets, but I ain't like L.A. Yeah. Uh, that Cubs, was the first one. White yeah. socks, you know, so... You know, when people traded that stuff, it was like, bro, what nobody listening to? It's a cold world, and uh, gotta have house. When nobody trying, it was in that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Fuck the police. That shit. That's the motherfucker was on. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you know, it changed the whole dynamic, and we were like, wait a minute, they cursing on the record? Right. You it's like, why saying? can't I do yeah. this if they can do that? Yeah, yeah, and and then, and then you know the dancers, the dance groups, automatic. Phase two, K five, and people like they were like, man, we need to speed them records up because they were dancing faster. They was like, y'all should speed the records up. And he's like, all right, okay. Yeah, you that know, was so, the interesting the thing dance- in that documentary too. Where they talked about how the records progressively got faster. Is yeah, like faster. Is, it, it went is, from one thirty five to one forty to one forty five to one fifty to one fifty five to one sixty. When it got to one sixty, I was like. Nah, man. This it's shit terminal, is too fa- terminal velocity. <laughs> yeah, they start footworking and all. I was like, this shit too fast for me. Like, I fucked. I, I ain't making no track that no one damn 160. I'm like, I, I couldn't do it. I'm like, I'm going to stick to this. As far as I'm going to go with it, it's 150. And I ain't going no further. You know, so. Because then it's like, you don't want, like, at a certain point, it becomes gimmicky. You still want it to be like a real, like, yeah. yeah. Like- and then you won't, I always, I always looked at, cha-cha slides and things like that. I always want records where if a 40-year-old wanted to dance to it or a 50-year-old wanted to dance to it, they didn't feel out of place dancing to it. Right. You know what I mean? Or they didn't feel too old to dance to it. You know, or they at least they could sit in their chair and bob their head and move yeah, a little it's bit. It's hard not but to. But if that shit going at 160, they looking right. like, man, that shit is for the kids. What is this shit? Yeah. You know, and then you, know, you don't want nobody on the floor for 60 seconds. And they so I'm tired that they gotta go sit down. They ain't been on the floor but a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you gotta slow that shit back down. It's good workout music yeah, too. I'm, like I gotta say, yeah. it's because you if you threw out the term workout music there too. So like, is that like I mean, I, is that literally what it means? It's something that you're encouraging people to do their exercise to this, or does that have some other meaning yeah, to it? I, I get a lot like for the whole like the pandemic. I was making so many. Uh, uh, mixes and sending it to people in the emails and things, people working out like that, that ghetto house music is the perfect workout music. It, it really tempo. is. <laughs> it's the perfect workout music. I even had a guy, he's in uh, somewhere in the UK. He got a kickboxing thing. And I made like maybe 10 or 15 tracks for him strictly for kickboxing. Yeah. That's, you know, and he, cool. he, he would tell me the direction like, yeah, I need a, I need this particular type of sound. And wow. then I need this sound. He'd tell me the two sounds, and he'd say, now you take it from there. And yeah, I, I need it fast. I need it punching. I need it going. You know what I'm saying? I was like, all right, I got you. You know what I'm saying? So, Have you released that? Yeah. Or is that just um, – Yeah, just... he got he, – he actually got a DVD. He got a kickboxing DVD out. I, 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 actually, I was just in my garage doing some spring cleaning, and found I found uh, his, and I found this workout lady. I did hers. They both had DVDs. 
So those are my little collect collector pieces. That's so piece. cool because uh, it, it's it really is. The funny thing too, it's also like the constant like reminders of sex also remind you like why you're doing it. Like, oh yeah, I got to get in shape, got to look good. Yeah, so it's like yeah. there's that element of it too, where it's like just like yeah. spicy enough to keep you motivated. It's definitely great energy music. It's good yeah. energy music, like great energy music. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like it's it's just it's an it's it's one of those things where if you just described what that type of music is, wrote it down on paper, you look at it and go, yeah, I don't know. But then when you hear it, there's an energy that comes together through all the elements. Like you're like, it's yeah. it's it's awesome, man. I was I was yeah. I highly recommend. It. Appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. So what are your ambitions now for the next uh, few years? What are you working on? Like where are you hoping to uh, to, to take your your skills? I've been next? I've been doing vinyl. I went back to doing vinyl, so I've been. I releasing. went back to buying vinyl, so that's that's good for yeah. you and good for I, me. Um, I went back to releasing my own vinyl. I wanted to pay for it out of my own pocket, so uh, I got another. My birthday is May fourteenth. I'm gonna release it on May Sunday, May twelfth at Gramophone. So I, I'm getting that together. Um, I actually already sent off the master and everything uh, over to Arthur to get them to press it up. Um, I just released Ghetto House Music Volume One. That's out. And I just did one with uh, two of my Dance Mania uh, uh, guys, uh, Fats and uh, Thaz. We got a, a album out called uh, uh, Dance Mania Legends, right? You, you got like sort of the Grand Theft Auto cover that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Looking. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People love that album. Yeah. So. That's dope, man. Yeah, um, that's basically did... it. I'm just trying to get this music back out here. One other thing, did you work with Missy on something? Did I see that somewhere? I did the work it uh uh remix for her. Missy's a real good friend of my cousin dances in her uh group. She's, she's a real good yeah, um, real she's a amazing person. You know, that's what I, mean? what like, I hear too. Down yeah. To earth. yeah, she's a she's a down to earth person. Like Um, how about touring? Any any upcoming shows? I, I go to New York tomorrow. Yep, excellent. Well this unfortunately yeah, would be before that. But how about if people want to book you? <laughs> Like if they want to bring you some to like London or Germany and those so, places. Uh, DJ, DJ Sluggomusic.com and then just click on bookings and then and, and just hit me up. Yeah, that's for international and um, domestic. Awesome, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, DJ I Sluggo. You got tons of vinyl on your website too. Um, just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I actually, you know what? I'll ask you one, one more thing. Let me ask you about the uh, Nita Kravitz of it all. That That's that, my buddy. I'll tell you, like, um, so that that little clip, <laughs> that 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 can get you far. Yeah. So I. He's amazing. What did I first? I'm trying to figure out where I first met Nina. Ah, oh, what did I first meet Nina? We bumped into it. She was she was playing somewhere. She played the day before, and I think I played the day after, or vice versa. But but I remember bumping the tour first, and people were you know like man she's like the number one female DJ in the world and whatever, and I was like shit she's she's fucking cool, you know what I'm saying? And you know she was just cool, and and then um the 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 re kids I think that's their name re kids reached out to me and was like hey Nina wants you to do a remix for her she loves your sound I was like. Nina Kravitz, they like, yeah. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Yeah, right. And we went back and forth in text, and then uh, I think we did maybe like one or two zooms. And I was like, man, this lady cool. She's cool as fuck, right? And and um, that's when I knew she really 
was super cool. So I do the remixes, and you know, usually when you do stuff with artists, it's like we do shit. Yeah. Um, you know, it ain't no real relationship. Not very personal. So she yep. she ended up playing Chicago for her birthday. She was in Chicago, and she told them, "I need him to open." Oh my god! And I was like, so they hit me up like, "Hey, uh, you know, what's your booking fee?" Nina um wants you to open up for. You you know who else is cool like her? Uh, Nico Nicholas Jar Nico Nico Jar. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Hey, those two people are two of the coolest people in this industry. That's that's not industry people. They they just decent human beings. You know what I mean? They they did shit that they didn't have to do. You know, Nico used to do the same thing. He'll come to Chicago. Or he flew me to New York for his birthday, uh, and was like, "I want you to open for my birthday. Like, I want you to go right before me." You know, he's like, "I love That's your huge. shit. Like, I Being love." Being kinder than yeah, you have but, to be is huge. Yeah, yeah, and then like. Um, we played this this club here. Uh, she did it again. Uh, so we we were play, playing Concord. It's a big club here called Concord here in Chicago, and she had missed her earlier set. So they were like, she had missed her set at the uh, what they call that damn shit. It's a big festival they have here. She missed her set that day, and they were like, okay, she's playing tonight. She's playing right after you, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. So when she came out, uh, she hadn't got there yet. She she actually got to the, she came straight from the airport onto the table. And she was like, hey, Smuggle, oh my God, so good to see you again, whatever. She was like, you want to do it back to back? And I was like, I don't give a fuck, yeah, come on, let's do it. <laughs> and we did a quick back to back and people were like, what the fuck, bro? And uh, so when I got back in the back, people was like, man, you know how big that is? You know, like you're doing a back to back with her? I was like, man, that's Nina. She's just cool people. Like, I, I fuck with her. Like, they were like, nah, you ain't gasping the magnitude of what just happened. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's Nina. You know what I'm saying? That's how I always looked at it. Like, she's a good person. I look at Nico the same way. Like, he ended up moving to another country. But those are two of the people, um, like, that that's big of that magnitude that show me love when they ain't have to. You know yeah. what I mean? So. I'm forever grateful to those two people. That's why she you know always I mean? do it to someone. That's like that's a big lesson we talk. Actually, just before we started this, I got a thousand stickers printed up that say um, with my some of my art, and it says, "Be kind to someone today. The world needs it." And I plan on yeah. sending them out around to people because I'm like, it's just the it's like we're in for a rough yeah. year, no matter what happens. This is a time to try to find things that we have in common and not things that tear yeah. us apart because everybody wants to tear us apart right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I just like being around good people, man. Yes. Like when you got. Good people and people mean you well. You just good people, man. It's just like it, they 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 don't come often. You don't you don't you don't get that. You know, what I'm saying? especially in the music world. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like dog eat dog in 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 in, in this music industry stuff. So, you know, to find people who are on that level, because you know those two people are up there. Right. You know what I mean? And for them to say no, I love your style. I'm a, and you know Nina Bloom. Her and Nico kind of blew me away when they were like, no, I'm a fan of your shit. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, yeah? Oh, okay. Like, no. And she loved the Wouldn't You Like to Be a Ho? Oh, that's that's our record there. You know what I mean? She, oh, yeah. She's like, yeah, that record just, she said, does it for me. You know, and then um, me and Nico did, uh, he called me one morning, like early in the morning. It had to be like six in the morning. He was like, man, bro, I had you on my mind. I did this beat. 
I'm going to shoot it to you. And tell me if you like it. And if you like it, I want you to record something to it. And I got it, and it was nothing like I do. And it was like all this stringy shit going on. And I was like, I was like, the beat's dope, but what you want me to do to it? He's like, just do something. He's like, I love your voice, so yeah. just do some vocals. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell my life story, and, 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 and I'm going to try to tell the majority of my life in three minutes. He was like, damn, that sounds dope. Send it to me when you're done. And that's when I came up with the concept ghetto. And then when we did that record, I did not expect the record to be that big. I just I knew it was going to do some numbers because of him right. and who he was and where he's at. But people were hitting me up like, damn, man, y'all used to be in pissy hallways and people was getting shot and shit like that. I'm like, yeah, this is all. I said, everything, everything I said on that record is fact. And he was even blown away like, Bro, I don't, I don't know. He was like, I can't stop listening to it. And he was like, you, you, can I put it on wax? And I was like, I don't give a fuck what you do with it, bro. Like, I just wanted to do it for you. You know what I'm saying? You always looked out for me. So, yeah, they, that's, I said, that's what came to mind when you gave me that beat. It's like, I'm ghetto. You know, and then I, I explained on the album, on that record, why I, was, why I felt like I was ghetto. And people still to this day, still one of the, my biggest records, you know, with him and that remix with Nina. When, she, when we did the back-to-back, I, that's the first record I dropped. And she was like, oh, shit, she had forgot about the remix. And everybody was in that motherfucker like, she was like, oh, shit, I forgot about that record. I'm like, yeah, this motherfucker still go hard, yeah. you know, so. Good records don't go out yeah. of style, man. It's like. Oh, it's, no, no, no. It's. No, nah, and they, they put that motherfucker on a seven-inch, bro. Like, it's some color seven-inch. I was like that. That I was like this shit is epic. Like, I'll be looking for that on Discogs later tonight, in case you're wondering. So, I got it. Oh, so I have to look. Is it on your website? It's yeah. um. Yeah. I just yeah. It's just it's so remarkable, man. It's such a wonderful, man. awesome. It's it's, it's what yeah. we're talking about is real, yeah. recognized, real, and that's like yeah, what yeah. the music industry yeah. should be like. You know. Yeah, that's exactly what it, I mean. Like I don't. I never understood how people get to a certain level. And if anybody helped you get to that level, how you don't pay it forward? I know. How you don't do that? I don't like care. how don't how don't you do that? Like how you, somebody helped you get to where you are, and you got there and just said, "Fuck anybody else behind me." That's I don't I don't I can't understand that for life for me. Like yeah. help somebody, help somebody to help somebody. You know, and when a person asks you what you owe them, you tell them, "I need you to help somebody like I helped you." Yeah. You know so. All right, one last question for you. Um, what if you were to recommend some people, some of your favorite drummers of all time, like just like of any genre, people that you've always respected as a drummer? Um, one I've always loved, Jimmy Chamberlain from the Smashing Pumpkins. Like for some reason in high school, we used to always be like, <laughs> just like him, we love that shit. That's where I learned the. That's where I learned a love about drums. What What are some of your favorite drummers or even drum songs like in your life? Um. I like I like Prince drummer, Prince drummer, I, I, the the female drummer he had. Yeah, she was dope. And I like uh, what's his name with the pick? Oh, Questlove. I got to see him live and was like, okay, them that's shit different. Like he he does shit with drums, and then the guy from uh, 
what's what's the name of the group? Uh, uh it's an old school group. I see them in concert and said the fuck, fucking drummer is crazy. Um, oh God, what's their name? Uh, the guys. Do you remember? Oh, um, the same the time, September. That it's um, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Earth, Wind, and, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yes, that's Earth, Wind, and Fire drama. Woo! They're amazing. Man, I gotta say, Man. I was listening to some Earth, Wind, and Fire. My parents like over holidays. And I was looking through their records. I'm like, what do we got in here? We got some funk to it. And like, I was like, I should be listening to these guys hey. all the fucking time. Them and Simon. I saw that, like, I I saw love that dude both. playing drums, and I said, I need to learn how to play drums. Like. All the flipping the sticks, and he he was just going bozo. And then he had all the extra, you know, he had all the. I was like, nah. I I felt like it was a little bit too extra, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like all of the different things. But I was looking like, but no, he's playing them motherfuckers. He's playing them drums. He hitting all. I'm like, yeah. oh wow. Like, how do you even concentrate? Like when I tried to do drums, I can't get the beat, and all, I can't I, I can't get the rhythm. It's you know tough. what I'm saying? Yeah. But I, I can't do it. That's to why see I'm somebody else saying. do it and say, I don't know how he's doing it. I don't know how he's at the same time and not going off beat. And then when I when I started learning music, I was like, the drummer runs the entire stage. Like, yeah. if he's off, everybody's off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and I watched um, Sheila E. Yeah. I watched her tell another drummer in concert, you're not in the pocket. Get in the pocket. Get in the pocket. We was like, so I'm like, on stage. Yeah, I'm looking like, what, what, whatever he's doing wrong, whatever you doing wrong, bro, get in the fucking yeah, pocket. Yeah, fix it fast. Now she, she was tapping the stick, saying, get in the pocket. Get in the pocket. I'm in the concert saying, whatever the fuck is he get your ass in the pocket. And, yeah. and I was like, so when I, when, I, when I went to the studio, I was like, hey, some, if a drummer telling another drummer to get in the pocket, what what they mean by that? He's like, oh, he had a rhythm. He got to get in the pocket. Yeah. He's throwing the rhythm off. I'm like, like oh. if Sheila E's ever yelling that at yeah. me, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, Sheila E. Sheila E is a drummer. Sheila E is a drummer. Fascinating. Sheila E is a drummer. The girl that Prince had, whew, she's a drummer. Quest Love is a drummer. Yeah. And that boy from uh, Earth Wind and Fire is, whoo, Lord, have mercy. Yeah, I like. I like uh, the, what's that name? Chili Peppers is that name real? Oh Chili yeah, Peppers? Chad Smith, the guy that looks like Will Ferrell. Um, I like all. I like they whole crew though. Yeah, yeah even yeah. they guitarists. Like I, I, I like them. Yeah, I, I met one of them, and where were we at? L.A. Mm-hmm. L.A. I met him in L.A. I don't know what his name is. is he won with the glasses. Oh, uh, maybe John Frusciante or Flea or Anthony Kiedis or. He 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 got the podcast with uh. With the guy with the beard. Oh, Rick Rubin. He's got the podcast with Rick Rubin. Oh, fuck. So I don't know which one it is that. I didn't know they had a podcast yeah, together. Yeah. I got to find out about yeah, that. Yeah, they got a podcast Rubin. together. Yeah, they yeah. got I ended up, when we get to when we got to L.A. and I met him, um, somebody gave me that clip of him saying that Ghetto House was one of his favorite new sounds of music. I was like, what? You know what I'm saying? Well, Rick I Rubin. still actually ain't even got he was telling Rick Rubin that. Oh. Rick Rubin asked him, like, is it any new sounds you like? It sounds Anything like it's up Rick Rubin's aisle. Because, I mean, he was like, he was right out there being the 808. It was like him on, like, yeah, LL Cool yeah, J and that, Run DMC and DC Boy songs. Yeah, that Rick Rubin. And when I saw him and Rick Rubin talking about Ghetto House, I was like, oh, shit. 
Yeah. You know, real. like, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was crazy to me. I was looking like, well, it ain't, and, you know, I'm one of those people, like, if it ain't if it ain't broke, I ain't trying to fix it. So I'm not, you know, I know some people be looking like, man, it's been around for a while. You know, why haven't you went to something else now, bro? I mm-hmm. love what I do. I love this sound. Like, I love this sound. I'm going to live and die with the sound. I'm, it's, it's, it's either going to work or it ain't going to work, but I'm going to keep doing it until somebody tell me it don't work no more. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. I think it's going to keep working. So. Yes, sir. Appreciate cool, man. you. All right, well, I appreciate this interview. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, your man, place pleasure is all, man. Yeah, it's, uh, we talked about tons of music. Check it out. We'll have your information below the entire time. So, okay. uh, cool, man.